You're listening to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD. The following program was recorded at the 2018 Annual Meeting for the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions. Here is your host, Alicia Sutton. We are broadcasting live from the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions. We're at their annual meeting in Orlando, Florida. I am delighted to have our keynote speaker with us this evening. Thank you for joining us. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Give us your... So my name is Dave DeBroncart, and I didn't know anything about healthcare except it's something you got when you needed it until 11 years ago when I discovered that I was almost dead with stage 4 kidney cancer. I got a lucky shoulder x-ray for a stiff shoulder that just totally by coincidence showed I had a tumor in my lung, which ended up, long story short, my median survival at diagnosis was 24 weeks. I was what we in Boston we call wicked sick. And by July of that year, I had actually survived. The treatment had finished. I got a treatment that usually didn't work and sometimes kills people. And the story of how I managed to survive by being an active partner with my doctors instead of sitting back and acting like I'm a car in a car wash, that's what my primary physician, Danny Sands, and I are going to be sharing tomorrow. We're going to be talking about some conceptual things, but then we're going to actually role play two actual doctor visits that we had just before and after my diagnosis. Dave, that's fascinating. That clearly puts you as the subject matter expert and patient all in one. There is a sea change happening, and it's, it's to a large extent sociological. There are no technical obstacles preventing this shift. It's all a matter of people understanding that roles are changing. The shift is from the patient as a passive recipient of care to somebody who actually can contribute value. And I don't just mean like in a kumbaya, think lovely thoughts about patients sort of way. What we are finding is that when patients are actively involved and responsible partners, that new things become possible that go beyond. The the new whole is beyond the sum of the parts. So Dr. Sands is one of this, the pioneers of this movement that we now call participatory medicine, where it's, as the name suggests, it's partnership. The work that he and I do as volunteers in our society for participatory medicine is education. Right. We wake people up to the evolving roles. So we'll be showing several different episodes and several teachable moments of how we actually conducted our case back in 2007 before this society existed. Interesting. Do you think that that sea change, the speed of it, is somewhat enhanced by data, meaning all of these health IT devices that patients wear and they own that data? My Fitbit. I, and I wear a CGM for continuous glucose monitoring. So I own, I own that data, right? You own your data. Do you think that's well, contributing to part of it? There's there's actually a big debate going on and something of a war in the industry about who who owns owns that data. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But patients have a sense, don't they, that that some of that data is theirs too? Some do. Certainly activist patients do. And yes, I said activists, like social movement. There are strong parallels between this movement and the women's movement, where in the past women were supposed to be grateful for what they were given. No, there's in some of my, it's funny because, right. so in 2007, I almost died and got better in less than a year. In 2008, it was like the video game of life had said, game over, except just at the last moment it said, free replay. So in 2008, I started learning about this. I mean, I really thought I was dying. I pictured my mother's face at my funeral. 
Oh, my goodness. And instead, a year and a half later, she and I got to be there. We got to see my daughter get married. Isn't that amazing? You know, and now really... I'm a grandfather. So, I mean, the human cost when medicine falls short of its potential, the human cost is extraordinary. Extraordinary. And part of what we talk about is that this is not just about sort of patients' rights or listening to patients. Clinicians these days are overburdened. You know, I was aghast to learn recently that there are 400 physician suicides a year in the U.S. alone. It is pretty high. Uh, And so what if neither one of us has to be alone? What if we can share the work? But education is needed because nobody coming out of medical school these days was taught how to practice this way. Right. Where you develop the, the patient's competence. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit more about the society itself. So... The sort of the progenitor, the early founding spirit of the society was a doctor named Tom Ferguson, who back in the 1980s published a magazine and then a book called Medical Self-Care. And people of a certain age may remember that back in the 60s, there was a hippie book called The Whole Earth Catalog, how to build your own house, grow your own food. Well, when the second edition of that came out in 1994, 25 years later, Tom Ferguson was the medical editor of it. And that just happened to be just as the web was being born. Right. And Ferguson knew that when trouble hits, I mean, there's a lot we do to take care of ourselves. But when trouble hits, the main thing holding us back is access to information. Sure. Well, guess what the web gave us? All of that information. Well, Some now, bad information, of, some good. Of course, exactly. And it, not in tomorrow's speech, but uh, in many of my speeches, I point out, I mean, who doesn't know there's garbage on the Internet? I found my wife on the internet on Match.com in 1999. We were one of their earliest success stories. There you go. But before I found her, I went through some suboptimal search results. So the great subtle razor's edge thing here is many doctors say, patients, stay off the internet. You don't know what you're doing. And yet, the vast majority of people do Google a symptom. Absolutely. And so if somebody is Googling a symptom, it means they want to know more. They want to be more engaged in their care. If they're not good at it, do you smack them down and say, stay in the back seat? Or do you develop their skills? And that's exactly what needs to be taught. I believe that. You're very good with your analogies and explanations. I am sure it's going to be a fascinating presentation tomorrow, and we look forward to hearing the results for it. Where do you see, just a last question, where, where do you see things maybe about five years down the road, five you know, in terms of patient involvement and participatory. So that it, it, I'm glad you're looking there because it, you have to look ahead. An important obstacle to change, whether you're talking about women's rights, civil rights, or whatever, is that the elders tend to have been trained and brought up in the old view. You know, it's funny. 100 years ago, a physicist named Max Planck got the Nobel Prize in physics for his work in quantum mechanics. And at the end of his life, in his scientific autobiography, uh, he had this terrific quote. When I first saw it, I was just aghast, and I blogged about it. He said, a new scientific truth does not win adoption by convincing its opponents and making them see the light. It wins adoption because its opponents eventually die. (laughs) And a new generation comes up that's familiar with it. Right. So we are, our society... Tom Ferguson's friends in 2009 got together and formed a society for participatory medicine. We talk about e-patients, empowered, engaged, equipped, enabled. And my internet nickname is e-patient Dave. That's right. Which I took on just to sort of publicize the term before we knew it was going to be a thing. That's fantastic. What's the website people can go to? Participatorymedicine.org. 
Excellent. Or you can just Google ePatient Dave, which is easier to remember, and uh, I've got links to it. Well, ePatient Dave, we thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to your presentation and thank the highlights. You. Thank you, and you might be one of us. You're right. Thank Very you. Very good. You've been listening to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD, featuring key insights from the Alliance's 2018 annual meeting. To download this podcast and others in this series, please visit ReachMD.com slash lifelong learning.